Well, there's another reason that you're in for a treat today. You're going to hear some incredible stories of what God has been up to uh, this year in the life of our church. But I thought we'd begin by turning in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can go on your phone. A lot of people do that here. Uh, They're not always just texting while I'm talking. Some of them are actually looking at the Bible. About one in ten are looking at the Bible and not texting. Uh, But you can also turn up here on the side screens and uh, follow along. We're looking at the story of the Magi or the wise men or the kings from the East. They've been called different things. And I want us today to focus on something that's pretty important. It's something that our church, I think, gets to live out. And you'll have a chance to live it out in your family and among the people you do life with as well. So here's what the words are in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And so Herod and the wise men, the Magi, begin to have a conversation and Herod has some ulterior motives. He wants to find the baby because he doesn't want to be displaced as king. And that's a part of the message we can talk about how hard-hearted that the king of Israel was to the coming of Jesus. We could talk about that. But today, I want to get past their conversation and look at some other stuff that happened with the wise men. So picking up the story a few verses later, they had done now talked with the king. So the verses say, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him, and they opened their treasures. And they presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. At Christmas, we give gifts, and a lot of people point back to the gift-giving tradition of Christmas, back to this moment in our Bible, the three wise people, wise men who gave gifts to Jesus. I don't know if you know it or not, but those gifts have significance in them. These are wise people because we are told from tradition and a little bit of history that they probably come from an area in the ancient world that was the first to look up to the stars and begin to understand how stars and planets interact and move. So they had some insight into the world around them. That made them wise. But they're wise in this story because they saw great value in the baby Jesus. And in fact, their gifts... This treasure they gave him indicates just how much value they saw in that baby in a manger. And each one of those gifts have significance to them. They gave gold. They didn't give gold because they thought baby Jesus needed gold. They didn't give gold because they were trying to bribe baby Jesus with some kind of, I'll give you some stuff, you give me some stuff back. No, they gave gifts to the newborn king because what you do to honor a king is you acknowledge how special and regal they are. And so you acknowledge that through the giving of a treasure. They gave gold in acknowledgement of the role that Jesus would play as king of kings and lord of lords. So the gift of gold represents the role Jesus would play as king. And then they gave frankincense. Now, frankincense is actually a resin that is deposited on a plant. It dries, and it was used in the temple ceremonies in ancient Israel. In fact, a lot of ancient religions used frankincense. And when it would harden, uh, it was uh, considered very, very special because it would burn. And when you would burn it, it would give off this sweet, strong aroma. 
So in the ancient temple of Israel and in other religions around the world, they would burn frankincense and it was symbolic of prayers going up to heaven. So in the ancient Israeli priests would burn this incense, it was reminding them all, as they would smell it, that their prayers were a sweet fragrance to God, and then they would go up like smoke, and it reminded them that God would hear their prayers that were about earthly things. He would hear about them in the heavenly places where he was. And in doing that gift giving of of frankincense, they were, were... kind of hinting at the future reality that Jesus would not only be king with gold, but he would serve in the role as a priest in the sense that he would represent humanity towards God. That's what the priests did. They would bring the cares and the concerns of humanity up towards God. And in the frankincense gift acknowledges that Jesus' birth represented the potential and and the future role that Jesus would play as a priest. There was gold, frankincense, and then myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H. It's a weird word. If you're ever, you know, playing hangman or something, do myrrh. They'll never get it, all right? So double R's, all right? So myrrh, though, was like frankincense, a resin. Instead of having a sweet aroma, it was strong, had kind of a musky sense, and if you were to taste it, it was bitter. And the Bible describes in the Old Testament prophets taking myrrh, mixing it with oil, and using it in the anointing ceremony for people called out for special service. It was also used in burial ceremonies. If you were to taste it, it would have a bit of a bitter flavor to it. And when they gave the gift of myrrh, they were not acknowledging king, that was gold, or priest, the role of Jesus, that was frankincense. But myrrh represented his role as a prophet. And so when the baby was born in the manger, he wasn't just a good kid who was going to do some good stuff. He was literally the gift of God to the earth, And he would serve three primary roles. King of the universe who wants to be king of your heart. He would serve as a priest who would connect you to your heavenly father. And he would walk among you so that he knew your cares. The Bible says that he literally was tried and tempted in all manners like us. He knew what it was to live on earth. And he would represent us to God through his death and resurrection. But he would also serve as a prophet who would give us the truth of God in powerful ways so that we could understand the heart of God, that he loved us, that he had a call on our life, that he's called us to significant service. And so those gifts represent the wisdom that these wise men had. It's symbolic of them seeing the potential in that baby in a manger and then them gifting of their treasures to support and encourage and call out that future in that baby in a manger. It's a pretty special thing. Jill and I have done some of this in our gift giving. Now, a lot of times we give gifts because our kids ask for stuff and it's just stuff that they want. And we're glad to do some of that. But every year there's a few things that they need as well. And sometimes they don't even know they need it. Like most of our kids haven't asked for books, but every year they get some books because we want to invest in their development into their future. Uh, We've invested in experiences for our kids. My mom taught me that one of the most invest- powerful investments a parent can make at Christmas in the life of their kids was in new underwear. Because you never know when something's going to happen, and it's a bad reflection on the parents if your kids have on dirty underwear, evidently. So we'd make this investment into our kids in case something were to happen, all right? Now, a little, little tongue-in-cheek there, but the truth is, the truth is, is you can, through giving of what's important to you, make deep investment in the people around you. You can and those volunteers you saw up here just a few minutes ago, they're busy people who carved out time 
to invest in the life of our kids right here in this place because they believe in the potential God has hardwired into each kid that was on this stage. And they want to teach them the message of Jesus, the way we say it around here, so that the anchor of the gospel gets driven far into the life of a kid. Because that kid's life is going to take him all over the place or her all over the place. But if the anchor of the gospel is driven far, it's going to hold. And we, we're going to make that investment in them early. And then I don't know if you saw it or not, but there are a lot of students up here serving. They're in high school. Your mom said, you know that even in your high school age where kids are trying to figure out what they're going to do and part of their developmental cycle is about having an identity apart from you, even in that phase of life, you can make a deep investment in the work God's going to do in them right now, but also the work he's going to do in the future. When I look at the gifts of the wise men, what made them wise is they were able to, here's our point, they were able to see today what could happen in the future. They invested today in the future reality. These guys are on stage here. They are part of the amazing team that make up the leadership of this church. And each of them lead a major area of ministry. And you're going to hear a little bit about that today. And in similar fashion to the wise men, these guys, the other staff, their teams, they make an investment every day around here because we believe in the potential that God has hardwired in the life of a local church. When church is done pretty well, we're not perfect, we're pretty good church. When church is done pretty well, we can see today and invest today in what God will do tomorrow. But you got to be wise to see it. And when parents are really on their game, they're investing today so that tomorrow the people they're investing in have what they need to do what they're called to do and be prepared to face the world that they're called to face. It's a pretty powerful thing when you think about it. When I, was, when I was a kid, I thought of gold, frankincense, and myrrh this way. It was gold, frankenstein, and myrrh. And it completely changes the Christmas story. <laughs> Makes it something it wasn't ever really meant to be. But beyond just the names, they had special meaning because they anticipated the role that Jesus would play in the world. So I want you to see some of the ways that this church anticipates the role that we can play in the world. Our kids that were on the stage, um, the students that you don't sometimes see because they're serving in the life of the church on a Sunday morning and their primary gathering is on a Sunday night, but also a group of people that the world has forgotten. The Bible calls them the least of these, the forgotten, the discarded, those who need a serious hand up in life. And our church has an incredible track record of investing in these people, not because we're good, but because we have the ability, with God's help, to see that an investment today can make a profound difference tomorrow. So this is Pastor Josh. Josh has been with us um, six months, and he and his team are responsible for those uh, incredible moments of singing we had with our kids just a few minutes ago. Josh, they did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. It was incredible. And I think it's the first time it has snowed in this room. Yes. Yes. That's really, really cool. The first service kids in the front a little bit off, but they were they, okay. they, I saw them awesome. kind of all looking up here. I wondered what it was at first. I couldn't quite tell. And I was like, oh, it's bubbles in case you were wondering. It's really, really cool. Um, thanks for your leadership. Now, you've been with us about, about six months, right? Yes. And so Josh came on after a time of transition and he had the really incredible uh, privilege, but also responsibility of stepping into a place that has valued kids for a long time. If you're a guest with us today, here's why it's a good day to be with us. You're going to hear through their stories some of the deep values of this church. If you're a grandparent, if you're a relative who's here today visiting because you're, you know, somebody you loved was on the stage, 
It's a great day to know what your family's a part of. You're going to hear that with clarity. But at the core of it is, is our basic belief that the people we get a chance to serve have incredible, inbred, God-given potential, and we get to invest in them. And Josh does that. Every Sunday, you and your wife, Megan, serve together. You, you guys are an incredible couple, and uh, you lead an amazing team, the largest team that our church has. Yes, That's sir. yours. It's incredible. So you stepped in to serve. Tell everybody a little bit about what's been going on in the last six months around here. What has God been doing? Absolutely. So obviously the most recent one being them singing on stage and Pastor Will did an incredible job of getting them ready for that. And uh, I actually had somebody come up to me during our in-between services and she said uh, that her son actually went to school. It's not a Christian school, just a secular school. And they asked each each day for a kid to lead in a song, and he picked Go Tell It on the Mountain. And, he, and she said that nobody else in the class knew that song except for him. And so he just stood up and sang the whole song all the way through. Wow. And so those kinds of things, just hearing about that stuff, I think some of the biggest highlights for us is just hearing about how what we're teaching on Sunday mornings, what our volunteers are doing through small groups and through their classrooms is being taken home and then beyond. And so hearing that stuff, hearing about how uh, Phil and Aubrey call, or called me one time and shared, me, shared with me this video uh, of Marley singing the songs that they did or having kids talk to their parents about the lessons that they've learned. And uh, there's two things that we consider huge wins for us. The first one is uh, when kids wake their parents up because they want to come to church. The second one would be uh, when kids don't want to leave church. And uh, we've seen it on a couple occasions. I believe two weeks ago, we had a new family come in. They dropped off their son, and their son did not want to get dropped off. You know, new environment, kind of scared, freaked out of what's going on. And so he was screaming and kicking. And uh, the pickup was the same way, except it wasn't about getting dropped off. It was about getting picked up. He didn't want to leave. And <laughs> that was a highlight for us. And so just seeing those things, and then seeing our volunteers just lead at such a high level. We have an incredible team that is doing an awesome job investing into our kids. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. So sometimes in the church I grew up in, and it's really, really stupid thinking, but in the church I grew up in, there was kind of this mentality that what happened in a room like this with adults, we would call this big church. And big meant better, more important, more significant. And then there was kind of small people church or small church, if you will. And what happened there really wasn't as important. Now, nobody kind of said it out loud, but even that language, big church, small church, can, can belie the reality that often, according to Scripture, what happens at the lowest levels of development, the lowest levels of potential that has already been realized, what happens at the lowest level is often the most significant. And Josh, you and your team don't treat this like low-level service. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and so think about this. Here's the deal, guys. We get about one hour a week with your kids if you come every Sunday. That's 52 hours a year. And so the best we can do is to be a partner with you in what you do. Now, it works really, really, really well when you see your role as grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, parents, as the primary investor and developer of this kid's spiritual life. The truth is, is you're really more their pastor than I am more than Josh or his team is. But something really incredible happens when you do your role and then you bring them here and we do our part because we're going to do all we can to make it the best hour of their week. Hour and 20 minutes because the pastor here preaches long. Um, we're going to do the best we can to make it the best hour and 20 minutes, 15 minutes of their week. So you don't have to worry about us because we believe in the investment made today can make a difference in the life of a kid tomorrow. So we're going to do all we can. We're going to give the time, give the energy, build the space, get the prep done, make sure it's safe and clean. We're going to do all that so that the hour and 20 minutes they spend here with us is well worth it 
But man, when we get to partner with you, the impact on the life of that kid makes a powerful difference. And so to hear stories how kids come and in an hour's time they go from crying because they don't want to go in to crying because they don't want to leave is pretty incredible. That's the power of a church that rallies around the potential that exists in each kid. So what, what's happened this year is we've given you guys some pretty incredible space. Talk about the difference that the space has made. And as you're thinking about that, if you're our guest, uh, just last week we opened for the first time our new kids' ministry spaces, expanded spaces, eight new bathrooms, um, brand new preschool space. What is this doing for the ministry? Absolutely. So uh, there's a lot of different elements moving in there, but the, one of the greatest things that we've got is, and you wouldn't think this, at least I didn't think this. I was like, okay, they get bathrooms, big deal, whatever. Uh, no, it's a big deal. I mean, the idea that we can literally tell families, tell you as parents that, hey, listen, your kids are not going to leave this room. When you drop them off, this is a secure place. They're going to be here. Um, so that's been a huge help in terms of not having to move, move adults and take kids to the bathroom with multiple people. And so that's been beneficial. The rooms are a lot larger, so they present new opportunities to provide new elements, new and exciting things. Um, I, also, I actually just met this past week with uh, two volunteers that are going to help us with our special needs room. And so we're actually going to launch a special needs room in the beginning of 2019. And so that's a huge plus. And we're really excited about all this potential. And I'll tell you one thing, in terms of me coming in here and being a new staff member, I love being a part of a church that really values it. And mm -hmm. literally, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to live it out. And we're seeing it firsthand how much this church has invested into our kids. That's really incredible. So you had a couple people this week who said they want to help with a special needs room. So that room got built from the Christmas offering as one of our goals. The space is there. It's almost ready to be launched. And that's going to happen early-ish in the year, right? Yes, sir. You don't even know this. So after first service, this lady comes up to me and says, I've retired. I have special ed background and uh, I want to serve. Where do you need me? And I was like, uh, <laughs> what, one more time? I just want to make sure I got this right. And uh, so we'll be in touch. That's what happens. That's, awesome. That's what happens when people begin to see the power that God puts in each person, our investment in each person. In the life of a kid, I can't help but think about the Christmas story. There's this baby in the manger getting this gift that in terms of developmentally, that baby has no idea the value and the significance of those gifts. But the wise people around him do. And the wise people around him make that investment because what's given today can make a profound difference tomorrow. And those of you who call this church home or were a part of the Christmas offering last year, that's what you did. You enabled us to go above and beyond. Originally, we were planning just a couple bathrooms, but because you were so generous, I was able to sit with the kids' team and discuss their needs, and they said if we could have more bathrooms, it'd be a really, really big deal. And honestly, we didn't have it. We didn't have a plan. It was going to slow the whole project down. But we went from two to four to eight bathrooms so that each of our preschool spaces have a bathroom in the room, secure, safe. It's an amazing space because you believed last year that investing in our kids' ministry was worth it. Now, Josh, this year, there's some amazing things happening. You want to give us a little preview of what's going to happen? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we're really excited about in 2019 is we're going to actually launch a kids' camp, a kids' VBS here at this church. And so we'll do that for about a four nights, four nights in a week. Uh, we'll meet here. We'll have a special experience just for the kids with worship, with games, with small groups. Uh, we've got a couple ideas of some, some surprise elements that we want to pull in. And then we'll cap it off that Friday with a family uh, movie night in which it'll be an opportunity for community outreach. We want to get people here to come see our church and then hang out with us and then we'll follow up the following Sunday with an opportunity for them to invite their, their friends and their families that have actually come and checked it out. That's incredible. So for three years we've been talking about this and uh, 
the space, Josh's leadership, the development of this team puts us in a unique position to be able to make this incredible development happen right here in this space, not just for our own people, but this is the kind of thing where we're going to take our incredible Sunday morning programming, kick it up several notches, like you're going to hear some amazing stuff about this, and make it the kind of thing the kids will want to be here, they want to bring their friends to, they want to bring their relatives to, and they'll get to have a fun environment because we have a motto around here where there's no fun, there's no one, right? You know this? It's true. It's true. So we're going to have a fun environment, but they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus. We're going to drive that anchor as far as we can. And this year's Christmas gift that we're asking people who call this church home to contribute to, it's going to help, it's actually going to fund that entire project. And so several thousand dollars, this is going to be amazing. Now there's a theme. I'm excited about this theme. Yes, I love this good. theme. We're going to go with the superhero theme. So the following Sunday will be, will be a superhero Sunday. So I get to wear my Superman cape? Absolutely. Yeah. You're preaching it though. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> straight up, that's not going to happen. So, so let me tell you something. You know one of the things I love about this church? From the days we were in a movie theater till we moved to a high school, we moved to a borrowed church building, they needed a lot of work, back to a movie theater, back to this space, and even last year, a consistent value of this place is we believe that kids aren't something to be managed and pushed off to the side. We don't do child care here. We do ministry with and for kids, and we believe they're worth investing in, and this church has an unbroken track record of making sure that our kids receive some of the best that we have, and Josh, I'm so thrilled by your leadership. You're an amazing leader. You have a true pastor's heart. Uh, more than one occasion, I've walked back through the space, and your hand has been on one of your volunteers who make the ministry happen, and you're praying with them about whatever's going on in their life, and there's just this um, love and concern for people that comes out in you. It's a real gift to our staff, gift to me, a gift to your team, and uh, my prayers for you is that God uses the gifts that we're going to give you and your team, because these kids can't pay for a single thing yet. Everything we do for them, I mean, they cost us as a church, as a percentage of our budget, a lot. And they don't give a penny hardly. It's pretty, <laughs> think about that. I mean, if we're doing business, this is a bad business venture. But we believe they're worth investing in. And so we make sure, and you, I'm telling you, you're generous people. We make sure there's enough money to make sure a guy's salary like Josh and the ministry environment, incredible space. Something really cool happened this week. The state of Ohio did something for us this week, didn't they? You want to tell everybody what that is? So uh, are the kids in the room? No, they're, they're gone. Right. Uh, we actually uh, have the rock wall. If you're new, you probably didn't know that, but if you walk back into our elementary space, there's a giant rock wall right in the center. Climbing wall. Climbing wall, yes. And it has gotten approved, and we are certified, and we are launching, I'll put it this way, very, very, very shortly. Yes, that means that your kids can come to church, and there'll be a system by which, on occasion, they'll be able to climb this wall with incredible harnesses. State of Ohio says we're safe. Our people are in the middle of being trained. It's going to be incredible. Have you done it? A couple times. A <laughs> couple times, yeah. yeah. Before it was certified? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's all right. But it's going to be really, really fun. Now, why, why would we do that? First of all, that was gifted to us, which is just incredible. Another organization looked at us and said, would you like our rock wall? We're like, yes. They, think we, they said, we think you can put it to good use. We're like, we'll use it for the kingdom. Just think about this. We take something silly in some regards, like a rock wall, and we're going to leverage it to make a deep impact in kids' life. We want, when a kid walks up to that door, we want every kid to go, maybe I didn't want to come today, but I want to go into that space. And that kid has no idea when they walk in that space, they're going to meet Jesus they have maybe no idea what it means for Jesus to be the king of their life. They may have no idea what it means for Jesus to be the priest in their life. No idea that Jesus has powerful words for them. But we know that because we're older, we're wiser. 
And so we make that investment. Thank you for your leadership, for the investment you've made. It's pretty incredible. You've come onto this team almost in a seamless way. Uh, uh, and and, and I, I'll just tell you this. Um, I have no respect for a guy that doesn't marry up. And so you're pretty awesome. But Megan, Megan's pretty cool too. So if you haven't had a chance to meet her, she's pretty amazing. And she's right there with you beside what you do. And we're so grateful that God has brought you onto this team. Now, do you get to stay with us for a few minutes? I believe I've got some time. Good. Hey, we're going to do this for all these folks a minute. But Josh is the newest guy on staff. He's been, he's been crushing it. And he's got incredible hustle. Will you help me say thank you for his leadership right now? Would you do that? We're appreciative of you, man. Really. So uh, this is Joseph Antley down here on the end. Joseph, you've been with us now one year and like a couple weeks. Correct. So it's pretty incredible. You came on to serve. We didn't really have the role all defined, but he became the associate pastor by the first of the year and uh, has just done incredible work, like a major gift to me and the leadership and gift to all of you, even in ways you maybe you don't even understand. But a few months ago, we were sitting around having some conversations as a staff and saying, what area of ministry could re- use a real infusion as we think about strategically leveraging resources and leadership to reach people. And it became apparent that our student ministry, while it was doing some good stuff, had a real opportunity to do a lot better stuff. And so Joseph, just a few months ago, um, with his wife Whitney, agreed that they would commit to be not only the associate pastor, but the student pastor. You may not know this, Joseph has incredible student experience before coming to us. And in his last church, he was a student pastor, became the executive pastor and uh, probably didn't anticipate that you'd be doing students uh, uh, again, um, but you did. I'm grateful for your willingness to just step into where there's need. I, I have found that people have a heart for God, sometimes are waiting for their perfect alignment and their plan to be fulfilled, but usually it looks like there's a need, I can meet that need. And in the fulfillment of that need and the faithfulness in that moment, God opens doors, and you've done that for us. Tell everybody a little bit about what God's done in the last few months. Yeah, it's, it's been incredible. Uh, my wife and I stepped in around September. Um, and you guys, Pastor Ben, talked a little bit about it. It's been a real gift to us because we have incredible students here. I mean, genuinely. Like, if you were here on a Sunday morning, our church does not function without our students because they serve everywhere. Like, they are animals. Like, they just love to serve and be involved. And I really love that that's part of the culture of this church, that um, we don't believe that they're the church of tomorrow. We, we believe they're the church of today and that they get to lead and they get to step up and get to do incredible things. Um, even recently, four of them have stepped up and said, hey, we, we want to start leading in worship. So they're leading with uh, their talents on instruments. They're leading with their talents vocally. And that's just awesome to me that there are students, there are young people who say, listen, I am so unashamed of what God's done for me that I'm willing to stand in front of my peers and even stand in front of people I don't know and glorify God. Like, that is awesome to me that there are students that are that bold about what God's doing in their life. We've got an incredible team that God has put. Um, when I walked in, I think there was me and one other person, and um, I said, we're going to figure out how to make this work. And um, God has sent an awesome team in, and because of that team, we've actually seen an increase of exactly 42% um, in our student ministry, wow. which is just phenomenal. Wow. Um, our students are coming in. They're, no, they're finding out that they belong exactly as they are. They're getting connected with incredible leaders. They're having a blast. Uh, but more than anything, they're, they're finding that there's a God that loves them, and there's a church that loves them. And um, just, a, just a quick story, if I can share. Uh, one of the things I love about our church on Sunday mornings is we believe in not just hearing a message, but with doing something with it, right? We call it our next bold steps, and we challenge you every week. doesn't matter how awesome the message was if you don't apply it to your life. So we do this with our students every single week. We say, hey, take a step. Here's a challenge. Here's what we want you to do with this. We don't want you just to laugh at my jokes. We don't want you just to think it was cool. Like, we want you to do something. And about once a month, what we do is we actually give them pieces of paper, and we have them write it out. 
literally say, hey, what are you going to do right now? How are you going to apply this to your family? How are you going to apply this at school? How are you going to apply this to your personal life? And whenever they do that, they take it home. And I had, um, every time we do that, I get a few stories. But recently, I got this one story from a mom. She said, I love my daughter. She brought the piece of paper home. She showed me what it was that she was going to do. And she actually did it this week. And she said that I was so, I was just so impressed that my daughter was so committed to taking that next bold step that it actually inspired me to be more committed to the bold steps that I take on Sunday morning. Wow. That if my daughter can step up and do the things that she feels like God's calling her to do, I should be doing the same thing. And that's awesome. Like, to hear a story like that, I'm like, yes, like our students get it. God is moving and he's working in their lives. And it's just a blessing to be here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So there's this uh, thing that pastors talk about when it comes to student ministries. So if you get a group of pastors together, one of the subjects that will come to the surface is, is we call it the missing decade. And it's a real tragedy that in a lot of families and a lot of churches, somewhere between about 18 and 28, kids who've grown up in church till they were about 18 tend to fall away. A lot of them don't have anything to do with church. Church is not a part of their life. They're not doing devotions at home. They're not tuning in online. Uh, they just basically take a decade off. And maybe when they get married, start having kids, they come back. And that's something that, as a dad, really grips my heart. And we wanted to do something as a church to try to turn the tide of that. And i got to tell you, friends, um, we do a pretty good job of that. And Joseph nailed literally the one thing that we think has opened the door for us to do better at this than maybe other places that I've been a part of. Uh, and it's what we call the pronoun shift. So when you talk to a teenager, sometimes, and you say, where do you go to church? They'll say, well, um, you know, I go where my parents go. And they begin to describe the church that they attend as your church or their church. And it's a very impersonal engagement. Maybe they go to a service. Maybe they hear some stuff. Maybe they have some fun, but it's not theirs yet. And part of the move towards adulthood is identifying who they are and what their values are. And at our church, we wanted them to change the pronoun from your church or that church to my church. And here's the single biggest and easiest way to do that is you get them involved in the ministry of the church right away. So those young ladies and men that you saw up here in middle school and high school who were serving our elementary kids, because in our ministry, in our church, you can always serve uh, the next tier down. So if you're in middle school, you can serve in elementary. If you're in high school, you can serve in middle school. What happens is, is they start learning that God has wired them uniquely, that they can get off the stands and onto the playing field of ministry, and it starts literally giving them a sense of the kingdom of God and their role in it. It's a pretty powerful thing, and it's not that mysterious. It's one of the reasons why, even if we didn't love this church, and my wife and I love it, and of course I've got to be here because it's my job, you know. But even if we didn't, we'd have a church that believed in students, that believed that there was potential in each kid, and an investment in the student was more than just entertaining them, make them smile. It was about showing them the kingdom of God at work. We would find a church like that. Because when a student starts saying, that's my church, this is my team, it's where I serve, that decade shrinks. Now, they still might go through a little bit of struggle. Everybody does. It has their own little journey. But we found that the struggle changes. In fact, a lot of students, when they leave high school here, they go to college, even if it's away, and they'll find a Bible study. They'll find a church to attend. We have a couple kids who, every time they can take a weekend off from their college away, they drive back up here to be with us. And when they are here, guess what they do? They serve because this is their place. That's because for years, this church has said, an investment today can make a profound difference tomorrow. All you have to do is you have to see the potential. You have to, you have to be wise enough to not simply look at today. You got to be wise enough to make an investment today for tomorrow's impact. That's what the wise men did. So Joseph, as you look forward to 
2019, are there a couple things that we can anticipate? Because part of the Christmas offering this year is going to pay for this programming you're talking about, upgrades in the space. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be channeled towards student ministries as well and some upgrades there. So what are we looking forward to? Yeah, we are, um, we're committed to investing into um, their overall experience. Um, it's definitely one thing we're going to do. We want, uh, same thing with kids, that their best experience, we want it to be associated with church, not always outside the church. I don't know about you, but for me, all the fun stuff I did as a kid never happened in church. All the fun stuff I have, all the fun stuff I did was outside of church, running around with my friends and running around with people who didn't love God, but it was just fun. It was cool. So we're going to invest in some experiences that they say, hey, some of the best things I did as a teenager happened in my church because we believe that, one, it'll connect them closer to the relationship with God. But as Pastor Ben said, it'll connect them closer to the local church. Yeah. So when they look back at those times as a young adult and when they have their own family, they remember, man, I, I loved my church. I served there. We had so much. Some of my best friends, some of my best times, some of the leaders who invested into me were there in my local church. And also we're going to invest into some of the uh, more serving opportunities for them. They get to serve here in the church. We think they do awesome doing that here near, as we like to say. And we think we do a lot of investment into FAR and for how they can uh, serve and do things. But we're partnering with uh, Pastor Will and our outreach team about some ways that they can actually serve near. Um, so in January, actually, we're going to do a mission camp. Um, here. We're going to have a lot of fun. But we're going to partner. We're going to serve at the New Life Mission. We're going to serve at the Healing Center, which Pastor Will's going to talk about in here in a little bit. We're going to do a, several different things to say, hey, you can serve in this church. And yes, God has called us to go reach out to those outside of our world. But there are a lot of people who are in need right here in our own backyards. So we're going to do that in January. In Tennessee, or, I'm sorry, in uh, the summer, we're taking a trip to Tennessee. We're going to do a mission trip there. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, I have been given permission to go ahead and let you know this. Um, part of what we're going to do there, we are going to serve, but we also want to have a great time. Is our students are going to go whitewater rafting um, while we're down there. So we're going to get them real tired, and we're going to get them all exhausted. We're going to say, wake up. We're going whitewater rafting. It's freezing. And like, we're going to have a blast. We're going to have a great time. But we know that that week they're going to have incredible stories, incredible memories, incredible experiences. But more than anything, they're going to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as a teenager, exactly as God called them to be. Yeah. And so, uh, you know how much money a teenager typically gives to this church? They don't pay for anything. You do. And our church has a track record of investing. And I don't know what the wise men thought about the gifts they were giving all the way. I can only conjecture some of that. But the Bible says they opened up their treasures. You know what Jesus said about your treasures? He says, where your treasure is, there will be your what? Your heart also. It's why... That's why you're going to spend a lot of money this Christmas on the people you love. If you're a grandparent, it's why you actually take joy in swiping your card to buy gifts for your grandkids because you believe in them and you don't mind opening up your treasure for them. What I'm trying to think, get you to think about today as a church, but also for your family, is you have the ability to not just give momentary enjoyment. You have the ability through gift giving, through sacrifice of time, energy, uh, money, your own heart, you have the ability to look at somebody else, a family member, a friend, and say, I believe in the God in you and what the God in you can do with your life, and I'm going to invest in that now. And that's what Joseph's volunteers do every week. That's what Joseph, that's what these guys on the stage do. They believe in what God can do here, and they say, we're willing to take our treasure, our time, our energy, our money, and we're going to invest it because typically the people we're investing in don't even see the value of it yet. They don't have to. The wise people around them do. I don't look at my teenage kids and expect them to make the most wise decisions all the time because they're teenagers. 
Jill and I are there to be wise guides in their life, helping bring value and understanding and meaning to what they're facing. We take what we know about tomorrow and bring it into their today. And as a church, we've been doing this every year. Every year, we've gathered together in a thing called the Christmas offering. This year, it's called My Christmas Gift. And we've said, we're going to give some money this season for what God's going to do over the next year. You've been hearing just a little bit about that. Incredible space. Pastor Will, in just a moment, is going to tell you about some incredible outreach that's happened here, near, and far. So, Will, in fact, um, let's talk about that in a second. But before we do, a lot of people don't know that in addition to being the worship pastor, you are the outreach pastor. You do a lot of things around here. Uh, six months, one year, how long? So we're approaching into nine years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will came on right out of high school as an intern, and in his first several weeks of serving in the church, literally, I put him in the nursery, and he held babies. I don't know that you'd ever held a baby. First time, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I'm not doing that. Yeah, and uh, we just needed help through the summer, and so uh, he was interning around here, and then he, uh, just as a volunteer, he'd serve, and obviously he had some musical talent. We knew about that. And then we had our, our worship pastor at the time went to plant a church, and Will stepped up to do it, and it's just an incredible leader and an amazing man of God, and he and Rebecca are just phenomenal, phenomenal couple, and uh, he's been involved in our student ministries over the years, investing in small groups and some of the experience, doing some teaching, and um, I'm really excited about how the Lord has touched your life and used you in outreach. So tell yeah. folks about what Christmas Offering last year did yeah. and uh, how God used it. Yeah, it was, uh, before I even talk about anything outreach related, it's just the name, but really what it is, it's just the church at work, that people within these walls have said, hey, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you don't hear anything today at all, I, I do want to remind you and tell you that there, there really is power in remembering that you as a Christian, as a believer, were meant to be on the playing field. You were meant and designed and created with a specific purpose to be on the playing field serving God. And that's what our volunteers do uh, through outreach. You were created and designed for it. And so when you're doing it and you're walking faithfully in it, it begins to just feel right. There's nothing better and nothing greater than serving the Lord. And in 2018, what's been really awesome is we've started two brand new outreach partnerships with some folks that are doing extraordinary ministry. And I have a few photos here I want to show you. The first one is uh, the team that we sent this year for the very first time on a mission trip to Cuba. And when they were in Cuba, they did some extraordinary things. They met with 14 pastors that are kind of spread out throughout Cuba, and they just spent time with them. And the other photo shows one of the highlights of the trips was being able to baptize folks that said, I want to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, and we're going to go get baptized today on the beach in Cuba. And just hearing the stories of that has really just sparked a new fire with the folks that came back from Cuba. And the, the second part is you were here um, when Pastor Jose and Yami were speaking. Hopefully you, you joined us for that service. And you know, we put out a bold goal. We said we would love if five families at 4C would financially sponsor five pastors in Cuba. And by the end of the first service, five pastors have been sponsored. So we said, hey, we're going to We'll push it to five more. By the end of the second service, five more pastors have been sponsored. And now we're at 12 pastors who are sponsored financially every single month by 12 families here at Four Corners. And it's awesome to remember, again, 
that we have some generous people here. And the work of God is being spread in Cuba just by people being generous here. And the second thing, uh, the second brand new sponsorship uh, partnership we, we did is a New Life Mission. It's on 75. You go north. It's in our backyard. It's in Hamilton. And you'll see we did a lot of cool stuff. This is their main kitchen area. And over the course of 2018, we were able to pack over 1,000 lunches. So over 1,000 lunches were were able to be handed out to the community. And then the second photo, you'll see our team uh, began to build eight vegetable garden uh, boxes. When we got there, there was a few that were kind of in disrepair. They weren't, they weren't growing anything. Uh, we kind of just ripped that all up and planted eight new ones. And what was so awesome about it over the course of the summer is we would come back and we'd begin to see the tomatoes. We'd begin to see the things that we had put into that garden begin to have life. And it wasn't that people in the community come and they have to buy the stuff. It was just a free garden. Grab the vegetables as you like and pick them up. And uh, yeah, it's been a great year. Yeah. So uh, Pastor Joseph mentioned it. Will's been kind of leaning, but we talk about here, near, and far. And so last year, um, through special giving and sacrifice and seeing potential, you guys invested in this space. We opened it last week. There's more to do. By the time you come back, say, uh, middle of January, you're going to be impressed with all the additional stuff that happens here in this space because of your faithfulness. But we served in India where 40 girls have a home that largely was bought and paid for by you, a church building, their food, shelter, education, clothing, all that paid for largely by people in this church far and away. The biggest portion of their support comes here. Uh, you have a deep investment in a boys' home that's being developed that'll be open this year. So part of the Christmas offering money this year, our investment as a church will go to support our work in India, Cuba, uh, the Healing Center as well. In fact, tell folks about this year coming yeah, up. we're really excited. Uh, there's a place called the Healing Center. It's about 15 minutes from here, and we're excited to partner with them because they do a lot of awesome things. And here's what they do that I'm most excited about. They do food distribution at a level that I've never seen honestly never seen uh, in an organization at least close to your four corners. And then the second thing I love is they do job placements, they do job training on site. Someone can come in and then begin to receive training on how to get a job, how to uh, become resourceful with the job and begin to make money. And then they also do prayer on site. People can come in and use the space. And I'm just excited to, to be able to sponsor with them. We're still going to be with New Life Mission. We're still going to be with India, but we have another uh, partnership with a local outreach uh, community that's doing awesome work, and I can't, be, I can't wait to begin serving there. Yeah, so what you're hearing here is that we believe in investment in kids and students and in those who need a hand up, the, the least of these, those who often can't pay their way, and um, we can see the value sometimes in them that they can't see in themselves, and we can step into a place where where many people don't want to step into and declare that God isn't done, God is still at work. And one of the primary ways we do that here as a church is through this thing called the Christmas offering. So last year, I got, it was really incredible. Last year, we set a goal of $85,000, and we always asked that 100% of the people who call this church home participate. So by the time we were done with the offering, we had raised $103,000. And so that's what allowed me to sit down with the kids' team and say, you know, some of the things you want to get done this year, we can get that done. We, we can actually go ahead and turn those resources. And um, we don't have to just get by with the lease. We can actually get a bathroom in every classroom. And then over the year, we got that done. It's pretty incredible. You know how that happens? Because people believed it was worth investing in. They, they looked today and said, God's given me more than I need. 
so that I can meet my needs, some of my wants, but then I can invest in the kingdom of God. I can invest in people because God's given me more than I need. And so we've been doing this as a church for a long time. So a couple cool stats. In fact, um, one of the next steps today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get some of these stats in your inbox. But um, that $103,000 we raised, well beyond what we thought we would, highest Christmas offering we had ever raised, um, only like 50-something percent of the people who call this church home even participated in it. And so I was blown away with the amount, and I thought, I wonder what it would look like if everybody just made a token investment. Like, even if you don't have a lot of money, if you just said, look, I've got five bucks, I'll go without a, a latte one day, and I'll invest it in the Christmas offering. I wonder if everybody would have done that. Now, I don't know what else we would have gotten done. Maybe we'd have got our space done earlier. Maybe, you know, maybe we'd be even further along in the special needs room. I, I don't know exactly, but we would have used it for kingdom ministry. The, the, here's the, here's what I, my point is just that when God's people come together and God gets involved, it tends to go well beyond what you think. And it's not that everybody has to do it. We invite everybody. It's the people who believe these things are worth investing in. Those are the ones who need to do it. Those are the ones who are wise. It's the person, it's the parent, it's the church member who says, I can see today the future value and I'm going to invest today of my treasure. It includes money. It can include your emotion. It can include your time. You can do something pretty powerful. So this year, our church's goal is $65,000. We are bringing it down a bit. And we're going to fund these far outreaches, Cuba and India. In India, we're going to finish that boy's home, some upgrades on the girl's home. There's a couple of repairs to the uh, church that we built years ago that need to be done. So that money's going to go to campus development. In addition, um, you're going to see the ongoing support for these orphan girls, and now it will be some orphan boys as well. It's incredible what's happening there. In Cuba, last year, your money went to help uh, develop a, a, a dormitory where missionaries can go and support and encourage the team, and the team in Cuba can come and receive training. When Pastor Jose and I had lunch after the service, he said their biggest need in ministry is the ability to train and develop leaders because they don't have television where there's gospel programming. They don't have radio. There aren't a lot of books. Uh, the embargo on Cuba has dramatically impacted the ability to train and raise up pastors. So they need a training center. Your money's going to go to do that. And then we're sponsoring these pastors who are serving their communities. And then we're going to fund experiences and environments like Pastor Josh was talking about for kids and Pastor Joseph was talking about for um, for students, and Pastor Will was talking about for people in need here in our thing. And here, here's the thing. We're just asking you. I'm serious. I don't want to be, like, silly about this. We're just asking you to have a little bit of wisdom about what a gift today could do over the next few months. That's all we're asking you to do. You're doing it in small and big ways with your family. If you're not thinking about the future in your gift giving, then bring a little bit of that thinking into your gift giving for your family and friends. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we didn't want to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the birthday boy, and not bring any gifts to the birthday boy. Like I, I don't have a lot of birthday parties, but if I were, and everybody just gave gifts to each other, and it was my birthday, I might feel a little left out. Right? So what we do is we bring a gift to the birthday boy. And we say, like the wise men of old, we see in you something worth giving our treasure to. And we know this about God, that even when we can't see the potential in somebody, God sees it. And when we invest in that, God shows up and does some incredible stuff. I'm really, really fortunate to be a part of a church that's been so generous historically. And I suspect this year is going to be the same. $65,000 is going to fund some incredible work. If you take the step in a minute, I'll send you exactly where that's going to go in detail. We're asking for 100% of the people who call this church home uh, to be a part of it. And so you just take your offering envelope, you write Christmas on it, 
and you put some cash in there. On your check memo line, you write Christmas. If you give online, you select My Christmas Gift 2018. We know you're earmarking it there. Obviously, we have ongoing budgeting needs, so this is above and beyond your ministry um, that you normally do and support here. And what you're going to say to every volunteer who is serving our kids, we believe in you. We want to equip you to serve these kids. We want to equip you to serve these students. We want to equip you to serve those least of these in our community and around the world. And you're basically living, I think, in the shadow of these wise people who understand that a gift given today can have powerful, an investment today can have powerful impact tomorrow. Hey, would you do one thing as I get ready for us to take steps? Would you help me thank each of these amazing leaders up here on the stage? Guys, thank you so much for your leadership. Now, next week, I'm going to tell you about some of the ways that our Christmas gift will help our general church and our adult ministries as well. Uh, but right now, what I'd love you to do is grab out your Connect card, and let's prepare to take a couple steps. Gold, he's the king. Frankincense, he's the priest, representing our cares, our concerns to God. And the prophet, he's the one who makes clear, clearest the words in the heart of our Heavenly Father to us. And he speaks with boldness and truth that sets people's fr people free. That's what the wise men were acknowledging in their gifts. I wonder how God will use um, your gift. But before we talk about the gift you give God, I want to just acknowledge that our Heavenly Father has already given a great gift. He sent his one and only son, Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with him, that's the most important thing you can do today. It's to get your heart right with God, to accept that he's not just the king of kings, but he's the king of your life, the king of your heart. And that he has represented you to the Father, and he wants you to receive by faith, by grace, the gift of his salvation. We'd ask you to do that by taking your pen and check next step A. Today I'm making Jesus my Savior and Lord. In a minute I'm going to pray and give you a chance to do business with God and say to God, God, I'm a sinner, I can't save myself. But I'll trust the work that Jesus did in his death and resurrection. I'll believe in my heart, declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Save me, Father. And then we ask you to put that card in the offering bucket when it comes by in a moment. And I'll send you an email about what it means to be a child of God, to walk with him and give you some chance to grow and learn and develop and what that is. Or next step B, today I'm choosing to be baptized. Last week we had a baptism on our stage right here. It was incredible. For me as a pastor, it's one of the days I feel like it's my, my biggest paycheck day when I see the fruit of what God is doing in people's lives and they boldly declare, I'm not ashamed to be with Jesus. Now last week was a little interesting. I walked up to the little pool thing that we have up here. Big, it's really just a, a water tank we, uh, the team cut the top off of. And it's pretty incredible. And, uh, but the, uh, the metal steps that were in it had rust a little bit. So by the time we showed up on Sunday morning, the water kind of looked muddy. And at first I thought, no, oh, that looks disgusting. And then I thought, you know, Jesus got baptized in the muddy Jordan. So when I was pushing people down during the service, I just a little extra hard, all the way down in that muddy water. And they came up, and man, there, were, there was a couple moments last week, I'm telling you, it was like the Spirit of God was just present. And it was so cool to see people take their steps of obedience and baptism. If you want to be baptized, check the box. We'll get you signed up for the first one in 2019. And the next step, she says, hey, you can count on me to help with the, my Christmas gift 2018. This is the one that if you'll check it, I'll send you all those stats about the last few years, what we've done, where the money's gone, how people have participated. I love those kinds of numbers, and I think, you know, those of you that are wired that way will as well. But I want you to see the power of, when, of what happens when just a few people decide they want to be a part of it. Imagine what can happen if a bunch of people do it. Imagine what happens if we all come together and say, we see value in these kids and students and in the least of these. We're willing today to make an investment in what God can do in the future. And the next step, D, says, I'll invite somebody to Christmas Eve Eve at 4C. 
So next Sunday, we have one service at 10 a.m. It's a normal Sunday morning service. But then at 5 and 7, we do our Christmas Eve Eve services right here in this space. And um, we're asking you to invite your family and friends. When they come, there'll be Santa and Mrs. Claus, a Christmas train, juggling elves, um, incredible programming, but most of all, the gospel will be presented. They'll have an opportunity to adore him, and then they'll have an opportunity to hear truth from God's word, and then they'll have an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. So make sure you invite your family and friends. Speaking of what's happened in this space, on Friday night, for those of you that helped us get into this space six years ago, something really cool happened in this building last Friday night. Another church had asked to use our facility, and they had several um, students from a handful of ministries come be in our space, and they had a, a worship service here in this room. They used our space to do it. And on that night, right here in this room, just this past Friday night, 13 teenagers gave their life to Christ right here in the seats. Yeah, that's worthwhile. Yeah. You know what's cool about that? Pastor Joseph, me, the team here, we didn't, we didn't have a role in making that happen. But six years ago, and then since then, ongoing, we've invested in a building with dollars and cents, <laughs> and we created a space. And when a ministry needed it, we were able to say to them, because of the generosity of this church, you don't owe us anything. We're not charging you for this experience. So I don't even know the names of those kids, but I have a part in the life eternal change that has happened in them. And so do you. So just thank you for being a generous church. I'm so excited for what God's going to do through our Christmas offering this year. It's a pretty powerful thing. Why don't you set aside your Connect card? If you do call this church home, it's going to be your opportunity to give both to the Christmas offering by indicating it there or to the general budget of this church that makes ministries like what happened here Friday night happen. If you're our guest, you don't have to participate today. You're certainly welcome to. We'll use it for God's glory and to benefit people. But your gift to us today was being here. Pastor Will uh, every week typically tells our guests this, but nobody's told you yet. If you'll give us your name and address on your Connect card and just check guest, we'll send you some free Chick-fil-A in the mail. One more way is we try to be generous with you. It's our way of saying thanks for being with us. What we're going to do right now is one of the most important moments of the service. We're going to pray about what we've heard. We're going to open our hearts and let God speak to us. And then we're going to get up determined to follow the direction he's calling us towards. For some of you, today will be the day you commit your life to Christ. For some of you, today will be the day that you take a dr- dramatic step towards an investment in the kingdom of God. And God will use every bit of it. Let's pray about those things right now. Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus. You gave your one and only son so that we could have life with you. God, right now, I rally around the men and women in this room and those who are watching online. And I support them as they declare, Jesus, I cannot save myself. I trust the work you did on the cross and in your resurrection to save me. Would you wash away my sins? I trust you as the Lord of my life. God, in anticipation of the next steps that are gonna be taken today, in anticipation of what you're going to do with the offering today, we just want to say thank you that we get to get out of the stands and onto the playing field of ministry and you use us powerfully in people's lives. I pray that this Christmas we understand that we can literally open up our treasures of time and talent and energy and emotion and money and we can literally invest in what matters to you. Specifically, I pray for our ministry to kids, our ministry to students. God, drive an anchor so deep in their hearts that no matter where life takes them, that anchor holds. 
Let them know that there's a group of people that love them, believe in them, see their potential, will love them when they fail, will call out the greatness that you've put in them. I pray for the least of these in our community, in Hamilton and uh, near Tri-County. I pray for those in Cuba and India that you would use us, Father, to fund incredible work and that people would hear in our serving, they'd experience in our giving that Jesus loves them, that God has not forgotten them. So Father, today, would you take our offerings and our next steps and would you cause them to go far for your glory and for the betterment of this world, We pray it in the name of Jesus, God's strong and holy son. Amen and amen.